The people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Inside Gypsy Top, joined on the outside now by Marino, and they're toe-to-toe, Gypsy Top and Marino. But here come the back markers. Here's Starob O'Reilly with a big bounce with Brad. Here they come, the Ben and Pear, Starob O'Reilly. Brad, they hit it. Starob O'Reilly, a nose over the stable, mate, Brad, but look, don't hold me to it. Marino, Fratellino, Ozark, Alicia's Lane, Toy Boy, Ren Pluck. Gypsy Top, they left it in. Last one over the line. Best guess. The Mackay Lightning going to start of O'Reilly last Saturday at the Mackay Turf Club as we get set for what is going to be a busy couple of weeks up and down the coast with some of these provincial highlights and more news on that as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab. Missed out on a few meetings on the weekend with some welcome wet weather. Not so welcome because we lost four of our scheduled race programs, but still some good news coming out of the Oak Park doubleheader Friday and Saturday. Also the Stanford Race Club where the cup went to Charlie Cat and we'll also talk about what happened at Cunnamulla on the weekend with lots of news and special guests coming our way on the show this morning and as always helping us out with that news is Rob Luck. Good morning Rob. Yeah good morning Tony. I hope you're a little bit chilly down here uh, down there. We are out here in Longreach but we're being warmed up by the influx of massive numbers of tourists, uh, tourists uh, here in the town Tony. I'll give you an example. It usually takes an hour to drive to Barcourt and I'm hearing it takes an hour and a half with mm-hmm. the number of caravans and cars on the road. It's great to see. Now, wonderful to hear that there's a bit of an influx there. I know that uh, a lot of areas have had their issues with COVID over the last couple of weeks, but if there's a few that are getting out there and seeing some of this great big brown and green land of ours, that's a good thing. Oh, definitely. And great to hear that call of uh, Russell's there with Star of O'Reilly, Trinity Bannon, the Quinella and the Lightning, the O'Reilly five-year-old now having four wins in a second. It's last five. And we'll come back and talk about that because the focus has moved from the Battle of the Bush, that pinnacle the other week. Now we move up and down the coast, uh, Rockhampton, Mackay, Townsville and Cairns as we look to their uh, Provincial Cup Series races that uh, come up, Tony. Um, but I just thought I'd spend a little bit of time, if I may, at the beginning of uh, today's show because when we look back on the weekend, it was a weekend where it was jam-packed with country racing. Now, Mother Nature took care of that jam-packed nature by making sure some races weren't uh, on, and as a result, problems with jockey pool numbers were overcome. Jockeys were able to get to meeting. But I go back to a comment that I heard at that um, workshop the other week, and uh, board chairman Steve Wilson made the comment that uh, they want Racing Queensland aiming to make country racing the biggest and best in Australia. And it's because of that biggest nature, Tony, we get this problem. We've got so many tracks, but the goal is we race. We race in the country areas. We've got to keep the racing going. But I think we've got to look at the way, ways in which, and clubs in particular, the ways in which they can work with Racing Queensland to overcome this logjam effect that we get. Now, I've seen it on the weekend with the number of races we had and probably once earlier in the year. And don't get me wrong, Racing Queensland got a huge job with programming and they do a good job with it. But when we get these logjam problems, we start to get the issues. You've got the jockey pool issue. It's a finite number. Now, many clubs do great things to encourage jockeys to come to their meeting. Please keep doing that. But when you get the number of meetings we had where you had Wara, you had Wandai, you had Clermont, you had Mackay, uh, you had Barcaldon, you had Cunnamulla, you've got Oak Park, and I've probably even missed one or two, that's drawing on that same jockey pool on the same day. And I think clubs have got to start saying or having discussions with each other and saying, well, look, 
we've got to find ways to do this. Go back to Racing Queensland, go back to your zone delegates and say things like maybe, hey, we might consider racing on a Sunday if it helps in this situation. Or can we look for another date that uh, will help ease the situation? And that way, I know our jockeys will support the various clubs across the state because they'll travel the Saturday and the Sunday. And sometimes I know it's not easy to do this on a Sunday. I know Bar Calden had the situation. They moved to the Sunday because of the weather, but unfortunately uh, it got abandoned due to the state of the track. But there may be times where a club has to think of the bigger picture of the industry and say, well, look, we are willing to consider that because it will help us become the biggest and best in the state. And when you get the issue where the meetings do get called off, I think we've got to be very careful not to jump up and down and complain about, oh, there's only one race being added to um, Ilfracombe. Because I think our, if our listeners could understand, there's a real process Racing Queensland's got to go through. And I know quite clearly from working with Cole Truscott, he will listen and take on board what you're saying. So you've got to go and do the communication. But when a club loses a meeting, there's basically about a timeline of a week where Racing Queensland will try and work with the club to come up with an alternative date. So I'm sure they're working with Clermont, they're working with um, uh, Bar Calden, they're working with Alpha losing that meeting in, uh, in, in previous weeks. Um, but in the meantime, that's happening. But in the meantime, then they're looking at ways in which they can give back to the industry. We all want to race. It's important we get the horses out there racing. In the Central West, they haven't raced for three weeks, for example. But that means it was great to see collars come out. And this is where the timelines come in, I think, Tony. People have got to be a little bit patient because as of this morning, uh, Racing Queensland advised that Ilfacombe has had had added acutest class one handicap over a thousand meters to the meeting on saturday blackall on the 17th of july have had added the class six plate 1200 meters longreach on the 24th of the 7th the ratings band 055 uh, 1400 and tambo on the 31st of the 7th the benchmark 65 1400 well done racing queensland giving back making sure we can get this racing going and i know that's come about because people have been going back and forth trainers uh, club members Presidents have been going back and forth with Colin discussing the situation. But as Colin has pointed out, and he said I can use this phrase this morning, Tony, um, in the next couple of weeks, Racing Queensland will also be very aggressive with division okay. of races. That's good. And that's an important thing. So trainers, don't worry about nominating on the basis of thinking they've only got five jockeys. Get in, nominate, except because they will look at that situation and say in these three weeks that are occurring at the moment, We've got to assist our racing industry. We've got to get horses running so they will be aggressive with division of races. And I think that's great news to hear coming back from Racing Queensland. But you don't get that news unless you communicate with them. So take on board the issues that we have. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the industry. Look at the ways all clubs can help. And hopefully it might eventuate down the track that on these particular weekends where we get the issues, then we do get situations. Clubs will put their hand up and say, hey, we'll race on a Sunday. That's going to help the big picture. Even if it's a case, Rob, of uh, taking turns, you know, th this month or this quarter even, th in this three-month period, we'll race the Sunday. The next three-month period, you race on the Sunday. And that way you don't end up with a, a clash in the same sort of zone. 
uh, you might be able to have, like you say, those consecutive meetings where the jockeys are able to travel. I'm certainly not suggesting that we do something like Melbourne Cup Day where the Gladstone riders uh, then scoot up to Rockhampton so they can both have race meetings on the one day. But certainly it's very doable to have a Saturday-Sunday sort of process for jockeys to be able to either drive in, drive out or fly in, fly out. Exactly right. And I think our racing clubs are on like tier two, tier three. So the bigger clubs, you know, the tier two clubs have up to, I think, eight or nine meetings. And it might be a quiet one in the year that a club can say, hey, we're willing to move that to a Sunday. That's going to help every, everyone else out. Obviously, the once a year meetings, they are set in particular dates that help uh, venues, that help communities uh, expand, etc. Um, and you've got to try and work around that. And that's what the zone reps do a good job of as well, giving that information back to Racing Queensland. But if it's possible, I, I know guys like jockeys like Paul Hamlin will ring me continually and say, Rob, can someone start talking about meetings on a Sunday? We will travel. We will go do Cunnamulla on the Sunday after doing Warra on the Saturday whatever it might be the example jockeys will have saddle they will travel and i think it proved itself on the weekend didn't it uh, alicia ross um who's leading the premiership well she was able to expand her lead tony because with bark alden racing saturday she wasn't going to Cunnamulla. bark alden moved to sunday off to Cunnamulla she goes she gets a double she would have come back and probably picked up something at bark if it had gone ahead I think the message is communication, not jumping the gun and getting um, aggressive or or, or, or uh, being worried nothing's being done. Look at the process taking place. Clubs are talking to Racing Queensland uh, with getting new dates. In the meantime, Racing Queensland's come, in this example, the Central West put four new races on the programs and they will divide, uh, be aggressive with division of races. For example, Ilfracombe only has eight starters. So... Let's say we get a race that's got 24 acceptances. I can see there's going to be a division there and that program is going to expand. And most importantly, our horses are going to race, our jockeys, our trainers are going to, and owners, owners are going to earn income. And that then expands country racing across the board. The winners, the people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. The field come off the back to the 600 metre mark and along the side. Toward the home corner they go and Witterick's made a move. Rachel Shred said, catch me if you can and she took the lead from Statement Peace. Amelia's Rainbow is in hot pursuit. Jemadar is running on around them. They were followed by Mount Peter Mess trying hard. Back behind them, Boo and Natal and then came Hologram. Into the straight, Witterick straightened up on the big lead. Three or four lengths in front, it's Witterick. Well clear at the moment from Statement Peace and they were followed by Mount Peter Mist but it's Winterick all the way. The favourite wins. Winterick first, Jebedar second and Mount Peter Mist third. They were followed then by Statement Peace. Latest leg of the Magic Mist. Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland up and coming stayers series was the Lindhurst Shield won by Winterick at uh, Oak Park on Saturday. Robin, I know I've said this with a few replays that uh, we've sourced via our friends at On The Bit Racing Australia on their Facebook page. Didn't the crowd sound huge there at Oak Park on the weekend? And isn't it great to see Oak Park back racing? I think they lost the meeting two years ago, and of course they lost it with COVID last year, but Witterick, what a win. 9.25 lengths over Jamadar and Mount Peter missing. We heard Peter Rowe mention this Lenter Shield last week as being one of those iconic events races that uh, all connections try to win. I know Peter had a runner in it himself, our boy Brett, and he'll be back next year to have another crack at it, I'm sure. But Peter, welcome back to Bush Beaton after a, a big weekend at Oak Park. 
two things to congratulate you on. Witterick getting that result, but Tycoon Thunder, you put the tip out. It wasn't the bracelet, but again, it's continued in winning form. Two big results coming out of that meeting. Good morning to yeah. you. Good morning, guys, and it's um, yeah, good to be back out at Oak Park. It was uh, fantastic. We went out for five days. It was a fantastic weekend of racing. Um, the track presented in the best condition I've seen in the last 10 years that I've been going there. A little bit of rain from Mother Nature helped soften the top layer and um, come race five on Saturday, there was very little dust and kickback, which you normally get. And um, Yeah, it was an impressive weekend of racing and anywhere where you can win by nine and a quarter lengths is impressive, especially in a feature race like Wittrick did and ran a new track record. Take us back a step. You said five days. Where's the location of Oak Park? I know it's, if I take the town of Hewenden, I think you can get there through that way. But uh, give, give our listeners uh, the location. And this five days, the, the preparation and planning must be immense. Yeah, for us from Cairns, it's about uh, 399 kilometres southwest. Um, from Hewenden, I think it's about 250 kilometres east. So um, we head up on the Wednesday. A lot of people come on the Thursday, but... Um, especially for my family, and I know some of the crew from Cairns, it's our mid-year, I suppose, working holiday, you can call it. It's fantastic to get out there. The hospitality is amazing. The facilities are, are fantastic for a bush meeting, and you just go there, you, the horses settle in. Like, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like another world out there. Our horses, I, I'll use Serene Melody as an example. At home, she's an absolute nasty piece of work in the stables and, and a handful out there. She couldn't have been a nicer horse. They just have open spaces and it's just getting back to country for them, I suppose. And I suppose it's getting back to nature for them. And, yeah, we love going out there. And as I said, the track race, the best I've ever seen it. And we'll have another couple of float loads heading out there next year, that's for sure. The, the country calms everyone down, Pete. But what great vision. I know it came. It comes up later because of the uh, the internet connections and everything, but what great vision and calling. That That's outstanding, that uh, race vision that we, we are now seeing coming out of Oak Park. Absolutely. And um, well, while I can, I'll give a quick shout-out to Terry Garrity. Terry's been doing our videoing up here for probably close to 30 years, and um, he hung his camera up on the weekend at the last meeting for him, and... What a way to go out, Oak Park. He, he camped at the same camp as we did, and he loves going out there. And we told him next year, if if they can't get anybody, he might come up, come have to come out of retirement for a meeting. Um, and if not, I hope him and the family come out just for the weekend because he's been an integral part of racing in North Queensland, and he's going to be sorely missed. He does a fantastic job with his footage and his DVDs for trainers and and uh, bookmakers and owners. And yeah, so thank you very much to Terry Garrity on behalf of all of North Queensland and. He's going to be sorely missed, and hopefully we can find a suitable replacement. When we look at this meeting, Pete, um, I had information come through from uh, Rod Kidner um, regarding Athel Ryan, who's based in Georgetown. It was great to see he bookended the program on the first day. We'd do it for Viv and also with McKellar, uh, not McKellar's voice, sorry, that was the wrong one. Um, I'll find that in a minute uh, with uh, Red Denaro, both with Stephen Wilson on board. But Athol's done a pretty tough, hasn't he, in this past um, 12 months, um, but bouncing back tremendously. And I, from what I'm hearing, he's one of the real good guys of, uh, of country racing. Yeah, you wouldn't meet a nicer person or a nicer family, really. Um, Athol and his wife, Sue, do an amazing job, as you said, based out of Georgetown. Athol rides his own work. He had a nasty track work fall um, towards the end of last year and was sidelined for quite a bit. And his horses had to have a longer spell than planned, but... As I said at Mount Garnet and 
um, the Laura Weekend that were at Mariba Apples Horses were are always cherry ripe for Oak Park because he goes out there with a big family connection and um, our preview didn't get uploaded because there's limited reception out there but you, you knew going into the into the meeting he'd be he'd be in there with some winning chances and oh, he had four runners for three winners and a, um, a fourth so you can't have better form than that. Yeah, he bounced, bouncing back from that hospital visit with the broken collarbone. But I believe, interestingly, his son, Kyle, is um, foreman for Annabelle Neeson. Yeah, he is. Kyle spent a lot of time with um, oh, Godolphin originally. Then he went to Aquas up, up the Gold Coast. But, yeah, now he's based down in Sydney with Annabelle. And he's a, a, another really nice person. One of the nice guys, Kyle Ryan. He does a fantastic job. And I suppose having the connection in New South Wales, he's scouting out some good horses for his dad, and it's great to see Apple and his crew get a couple of nice ones. Um, they race all along in the bush meetings, but don't be scared to have a couple of each way on them when they go to the provincials as well because he's a very, very clever horseman. He would have went close, Athel, to that trainer. I believe he may have got the trainer award because I think he got about three winners. I've just mentioned with you, do it for Viv with Stephen Wilson and also Red Denaro. He had the other winner with uh, Lacey Morrison with Macapino, uh, Penko. But uh, that first day of racing, now you mentioned this bracelet being a big uh, race on the day. And this meeting attracted Tanya Parrish. She had runners at Hewenden and also at Oak Park. I'm not sure if it's the first time Tanya's been there, but an ex-Mac crop horse in Okanagan Miss proved uh, the victor of the uh, toughen up ladies' bracelet open handicap. Yeah, Tanya and her daughter Talia, they um, did an exceptional job over the weekend. Talia came over Thursday with Friday's horses, then on Friday Tanya rocked up with Saturday's horses and then took Friday's horses home with her so she'd go to Stanford on Saturday. So a fantastic effort from her to, to I suppose, not hold up, but have as many runners as she did at both meetings. And Okanagan missed. They went absolutely helter-skelter in this statement piece and Dallon went hammer and jong out in front. And Okanagan Miss, I don't think, would have been able to see him at the half mile. Um, but Jeffrey Felix, I suppose you could kind of say he's a hometown hero. The, his in-laws, the Hassets, have a permanent camp out there and have been going to Oak Park for forever and a day. And I tell you what, when Jeffrey wound it up and hit the front, you could have heard the scream from where you are. It, um, it got up and it was a really well-timed ride. And he's probably one of the most underrated riders we got in the north, Jeffrey Felix. When he's on song, he rides very good. And uh, Lushan running second. Now, Janelle Ryan and Rachel Shred had that runner, but that combination also had a good day or days up there at Oak Park, starting firstly with uh, Cadence and, of course, as we heard, Witterick taking the Linter Shield. Yeah, they did. Cadence, he's always been knocking on the door. He's a bit of an enigma for Janelle. In his last couple of preps, he's always promised and promised, and it's good to see him finally coming, coming true with his form. It was a good win. Um, him and Solomon kicked clear at the top of the straight and fought it out. And Bill and Ted, Nippy told me he's got a bit of ability, but he's got more tricks up his sleeve than anyone. So um, it was good to see him behave in the gates and jump with the field. And he ran it out the top three, but it was a really strong win from Caden. And uh, we mentioned the other winner on that day on the Friday, uh, Sean Roy's getting across from the northwest with Amanda Thompson with Nitro City taking the benchmark 45. Yeah, it was a another ding-dong jewel up the straight. I had my boy Mishki and um, Amanda was on Nitro City and that was hammer and tong. We had to wait probably two or three minutes to find out who'd got there. The girls, Kristen and Amanda, weren't sure. Sean and I had no idea because uh, the angles, it's, it's a crazy angle there and where you stand about 50 metres past the post. Um, but 
yeah, it, it got the bob in Nitro City and uh, my boy Mishki was a good run second and there was a, a good two and a half lengths back to Tempo who was making good ground, which doesn't normally happen out there. Peter, I was mentioning that the uh, Lindhurst Shield was the latest leg of the Far North Queensland Up and Coming Stayers Series for Magic Millions, the Rob Gosh Memorial Series that uh, we've been following all the way through since we kicked it off back on the 3rd of April at Mareeba. We're now, what, seven legs in and only one leg to come, and that's uh, next Tuesday at the Cairns program, and it's really coming going to go down to the wire, isn't it? Uh, for the trainers' tally, uh, Charlie and uh, Janelle at the moment have nine points apiece. Uh, as far as the uh, the horse of the series is concerned, Ponderosa sitting on seven points, but with that win at uh, Oak Park on the weekend, Witterick now nipping at its heels on six points. And then Lacey Morrison with nine points is just ahead of Rachel Shred on seven. Yeah, most definitely. Whitrick, I could, I would imagine it had pressed on to the, the Cairns race. It's a, definitely a provincial class horse, Whitrick, and it's a bit of a query at the 2100. I, last start here at Cairns over the 1900, it just did a few things wrong late. Um, but the way it won up at Oak Park, there was genuine speed on in that race. It, it hit the front of 600 metres from home and it was never in doubt from there. So it'll be in with the chance. Ponderoso is a really nice horse as well. But again, I think 2100 will be as far as it wants. And being a higher class race in Cairns, I think it's a, either a 70 or a 75. You might get a couple of genuine open company horses coming back. So it'll be, it'll be a good finish to the series. And Rob, these are great, these series, when you see the uh, the added bonus money that's on offer. The owner or owners of the horse that accrues the most points in the series picks up a $4,000 prize. The trainer with the most points, 2000 And courtesy of the Cairns Jockey Club, the jockey with the most points in those races, a $500 prize with a 3-2-1 allocation for the points. It all adds to that uh, that that cake level, I call it. Tony, you, you keep climbing to get that icing on the cake and these things really add to it uh, with the series we've been having, the Outback Showcase, the Bush, uh, Battle to the Bush, and now these extra series and prizes going with it. And I heard you mention, Pete, Lacey Morrison. Um, it was an interesting double of the days, or the two days, because, you know, you got Rachel Shred with the doubles. Uh, you got Amanda Thompson with a win there with uh, Jennifer Hatfield out of Mackay, this Spanish spirit, by the way. It only had two starts, I think, for Jennifer, and it's uh, two wins in a row. But Lacey on that second day, race-to-race double for Athel Ryan and uh, Stephen Royce. Yeah, Masapenko, it, um, it was having its first start in the north, and on its southern form, it was most definitely going to be hard to beat and started at $2.50 favourite. Um, was, it went to Townsville a couple of weeks ago and Massa Arba had his feet out of the stirrups when it went onto the track and it did bolted on him and did two laps and was a late scratching. So they they obviously had a big opinion of it to head to Townsville straight up and, well, here we are going out to Oak Park and it was it was too good. It beat Del Berger. Uh, it's one to watch. I think Sean might even bring it to the coast. It's a beautiful big um, gelding by Schwarzier. It's it stood out in the yard. I think it'll be winning a maiden very soon and beyond reproach with Sturf and Nippy Seymour. Um, and then, as you said, yeah, McCullough's voice um, started two dollar twenty favourite. Only just got there. Star Raider did a good job, run home for second. And my boy Mishki, I backed him up Friday to Saturday, which I don't normally do, um, but I'm glad I did. In hindsight, he run third again, only been beat half a length. Another one of those features of the two-day meet is my boy Nishki being able to do that, and that country atmosphere certainly helps that. But, look, you made this comment about Tycoon Thunder last week, possibly the best sprinter in um, North Queensland. Uh, he didn't go to the um, to the bracelet, but concentrated on the Class 6. And again, with Frankie Edwards on board, a dominant winner over Level 8 and Craigley Altana. That's four non-TAB runs in a row now, Peter. I'm, I'm, I'm just... 
intrigued whether Ricky Ludwig is going to be aiming for provincial cups or is he getting this horse ready for country stampedes, Battle of the Bush next year. He's got some options open to him. Yeah, he does. He, well, again, never got out of second gear. He's at three deep outside the lead, as Frankie said, go just before the turn, and he put paid to him quite easily. Um, and he beat some handy horses, like Level 8's a good bush horse. Cragley Altona, he's won plenty of races, um, and he made him look second rate. So, yes, he's got to step up, I suppose, to live up to the quote that I've given him, but I think he will. He, um, he did it quite easy, and Frankie was full of praise yet again when he came back. So I think there's definitely a big future ahead of him. And as you mentioned before, a huge congratulations to Jen Hatfield. She's only got, I think, the one horse in work. And um, Spanish Spirit, it's, it's, it won easy. It um, sat outside the leaders and hit the front just when they straightened up. There's only a short straight out there, and it put two and a, two and a quarter length on them. And it was also great to see Amanda Thompson um, get a couple of winners over the weekend. She's just returned to race riding after having a baby and having a bit of time off from the game. And, yeah, she she just missed out by one point. Lacey Morrison took the jockey of the meeting. Um, Amanda run a close second, and Rachel Shred, I think, finished third. So the girls definitely come to board out there and finish one, two, three. Brilliant wrap-up, as always, Peter, of uh, Oak Park. It's one you're saying you're going back to. I'm sure there's going to be many more trainers heading that way, and good to see the Northwest trainers heading across there as well uh, to that meeting. It's great. It's back on deck and and uh, well-supported on the weekend. Yeah, thank you, and, yeah, most definitely um, thank you to the club for putting on such a good weekend, and I urge anybody who's got time next year, book ahead, get out there and enjoy the weekend. Good on you, Pete. We'll catch up again soon on Bushbeat. Thanks, guys. Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bushbeat. They come into the straight and Trumbull Schlagen collared by Trump B. Mashani Blossom and another plan is blousing them out wide. Uh, they're right across the track here. It's Trump B. Mashani Blossom. Trump B with a kick. Trump B in front. And Trump B goes down to the wire. Wins Beach Rinviata. Mashani Blossom. Trumbull Schlagen. Then another plan. Rotherby. Rob, it was only a small field, but it sounded like it was full of action there at the Cunnamulla program on Saturday. Andrew Watts there with the call of race four, the Mary Lang Memorial Open, taken out by Trump Me, Tessa Townsend, successful for uh, trainer Ben Walden. Yeah, it's uh, a great result and great to see these memorial ra uh, races maintained on the country tracks, this Statue of Liberty. Uh, it's an ex-Ricky Vale horse having the first run for Benny Waldron, so I'm sure he'll be planning Trump me for some future races. But uh, to cover all the Carnamulla, I know it's a long way away, and he went from Longreach to Carnamulla and back and got back about 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Good morning to you, Watsi. Another track ticked off the, uh, the list for you at Carnamulla. Yeah, good morning, uh, Rob and Tony, and uh, what a beautiful track it is too down at Cunnamulla. I've spoken to plenty of trainers and jockeys uh, over time who rate it right up there with uh, some of the best country services, and I've got to say, uh, it is. It's um, certainly all horses get their chance. Um, nice 300 metre straight, uh, plenty of room, and uh, yeah, good racing on the day. And it attracts trainers from over the border, like Gary Bignall from Ningen, uh, but you've got the local trainers like Tim Higgins and then Wayne Baker and that from Charleville, and there were some winners, and Benny Waldron, of course, we just heard uh, with the Roma winner there in Trump Me. Uh, they all shared in the in the spoils on the uh, the weekend, those particular trainers. 
Yeah, they did. And the prize money in race one did go over the border with Bally Cass, Bally Castle, sorry, winning for James Hatcher Burke. Aaron Sweeney, that was the first leg of his riding double. First time I've seen Aaron ride um, in person. And I've uh, got to say, he's all class. De- defeated uh, Terra DeBaccio uh, for Rod Hilton and Tess Townsend by two and a quarter lengths. And Mashani goes for Shane Ivers and Anna Bakos six lengths away in third. It was a very popular win in race two, the Brown and Hurley Class B with Miss. Moss uh, for Tim Higgins of Cunnamulla getting the chocolates. A pickup ride for Alicia Ross. That was the first leg of her winning double on the day. Um, took light work of the wide barrier, crossed over, and Ross rated at a treat in front. And the one by length and a quarter over Boom Fire for Shane Iverson and Anna Bakos, an oxygen man in third position. Another one of those interstate wins was for Gary Bignall and Aaron Sweeney, the second leg of his winning double on Expellable. Uh, a well-timed run to defeat Auric Gold, who was first up and uh, will take a ton of improvement from that run. Uh, Mark Johnson and Hannah Phillips. And New Alliance uh, finished uh, 1.2 lengths away in third. Um, it was a good run up the fence for Rod Hilton and Ben Moffat. And uh, before I go to that uh, race, Trump me, um, it was it was a great initiative by a few of the jockeys to head uh, out to Cunnamulla after there were a couple of um, washed out meetings around the place. And um, yeah, always uh, great to see those jockeys that make the effort and get the rewards. Trump me won the Mary Lang Memorial, which was an open over 1400. Sat outside the leader um, pretty much throughout and was too strong with a really good kick in the run to the line for Benny Waldron and Tess Townsend. Rin Fiata uh, ran a patchy race, sort of dropped back to second last, turning for home and then came again to finish second for Wayne Baker and Alicia Ross, beating a length. And Mashani Blossom... Um, did itself no favour, missing the start by three lengths. Only went down a length and a uh, quarter for Shane Iverson and Anna Bakos in third. And Buddy Ollie, uh, this was a popular win as well. Uh, trained by Wayne Baker, the second leg of Alicia Sharos's winning double. Training for Galar Racing out of Cunnamulla. Uh, won by the barest of margins over part the sea for Rod Forbes and Tess Townsend. And uh, Maximum Hustle uh, did a lot of hard work up front. There's a race in that gallop for Les Baker and Benny Moffat just around the corner. Only a length covering the first four horses in that final race. But uh, good racing there at Cunnamulla on Saturday, Rob. Yeah, and what's your pick-up on the point you made about the jockeys travelling, of course, with the rain allowing that to happen? Alicia Ross taking the initiative. And, and isn't it great to see you've got Alicia Ross and Anna Bakos competing against one another at Carnamulla, and you look at the jockey premiership and Alicia's sitting on 43 and Anna's sitting on 35, both with very good strike rates. And I think it's a, a sign of, of Alicia's maturity as a rider. I know it's a comment you mentioned to me. These were two pick-up rides that she won on. They weren't necessarily the key favoured runners that you get booked for immediately. Yeah, that's right. She's, she's riding outstandingly, and we've seen her week in, week out here in the Central West. Uh, we saw her up there in the Northwest as well win the, win the big race up there. Um, she, she's just going great guns, and um, look, she had that time off when she, she had her um, young fella, and she's come back, and, and she's just riding so, so well. And uh, look, we've given Anna Bakos credit over time as well. I think she's really developed as a, a as a good rider. She's down on that one and a half kilo claim now, so um, two fully-fledged jockeys uh, just around the corner for the bush. And we've had Anna on our show not long ago, and I tell you what, they're lucky in Clermont that she wasn't over there where they had the sprint race at the end because she's a bit of a, a fleet-footed runner. So I think uh, Emma Bell and those who might have competed in that uh, phantom meeting foot race uh, might be very relieved that Anna didn't turn up there. But what's he stay with me here because Stamford was our other Northwest meeting, and you're, you've got the form on the board with the Northwest, and you talk about jockeys. Well, isn't it great to see Dan Ballard? He uh, he's come back with a vengeance, and when you talk about that premiership 
he's starting to close a little bit of a gap there with 33 wins now. But he got a win for Mum on Wheel Beat It, the Wicked Style. It's had its first run for the stable. Ex-Jimmy uh, Jackson defeating Cash Bundle and Ticket Keeper. And Charlie Cat. Now, I know you've got an opinion of Charlie Cat, the old autonomy, 10-year-old getting up over Grand Symphony. Uh, you were pretty keen on Charlie Cat out this uh, Stanford meeting. Yeah, they bet $17, which was amazing to me. It came off a first-up run um, behind Metson and only beaten three-and-a-half lengths. So we know with Tanya Parry's horses, they do get better with racing, and obviously the addition of Dan Ballard uh, gave it a, a really good shot. Bit did defeat Grand Symphony, uh, who never runs a bad race for Stephen Royce and Jason Mavarovic, and Dukes County. Now, this Galloper... Um, Back to the 1,200. Uh, did start favourite, but a, a credible third uh, for Denise and Keith Ballard on this occasion. But uh, Charlie Cat, uh, he was a really good horse up there last year when joining Tanya Stable. And, and there's a big gap up there in the northern uh, ranks for a Cups horse, and I think he might be the one going forward. Yeah, Jukes County, one that interests me out of that race as well. But you talk about jockeys in form. We mention these guys' names week in, week out. And it starts with Timmy Brummel. And boy, Foster, what good placement with Music Award. Took the Class 4 after a win at Longreach at its last run over Static, Liff and Blaine, the two Tanya Parry runners. And then Jason Babarovich uh, gets on Brahmany for Kerry Crow. It wasn't the cutest money going off uh, with one Capilano, the first of the cutest runners into second with Timmy Brummel and boy, Foster. And love's best hope. Uh, Tanya Parry and Keith Ballard but Rick McMahon that other jockey that's doing extremely well up there and uh, also climbing the uh, premiership ladder now with 23 wins Cato now here's a horse that is in good form I thought for George Tipping defeated Dollar Dream and Miss Ellie have you come across Cato in your travels in the northwest? Oh, I haven't. Actually, I'm sorry, it did run uh, again. It got beaten by Scarper at McKinlay. Um, this horse, I was talking to George. He's got a pretty good opinion of this galloper. It uh, makes its own luck out in front. Uh, a real sprinting type. And, yeah, the 800 right up its alley. Uh, I think it's won all three races now for George. He was uh, a maiden when George got it. But uh, you talk about jockeys in form, trainer in form. George uh, Tipping's had a fantastic um, past six months. Hello. Yeah, we've still Hello. got you there, Rob. You're there, nope, Watson. I'm there. You there, yep. Watson? Yeah, I'm here, yep. Hey, yep. You in that 4LG studio, 4LG studio that drops out every now and again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit it's happening. But, uh, yeah, uh, George Tipping uh, certainly has had a good run as well, Rob. Yeah, no, it's great to see. And, uh, and and George is on the table with the trainer's premiership on 17 wins. Of course, Tanya leading that with 41 and a half and a half over Billy Johnson with 31 and Todd Austin sitting there with 31 as well. Um, our racing, of course, uh, will move to Ilfracombe this weekend here, Tony uh, Tony and uh, Watsy and, and uh, those extra, our extra race being planned there and hopefully huge dominations. Um, uh, what's he great reporting again as always Cunnamulla ticked off the bucket list there for you and uh, thank you for joining in with Stanford as well Always a pleasure. Thanks, boys. Thank you, listeners. Good on you, Watsy. And, Rob, uh, as we touched on, it's uh, another big week on the way. Townsville Tab Racing today with the Townsville Dollars and the North Queensland Cup. Uh, Rockhampton, Newmarket Day on Friday as part of their two-day big carnival. Uh, Newmarket, the Bell of Capricornia and the Ken Russell Memorial. Then Saturday, the Cup and the Capricornia Guineas. It's also Boat Asset Cup Day on Saturday with full tab coverage there. You mentioned that Ilfracombe meeting. Uh, Home Hill, Esk, Mount Isa and Roma all racing this coming Saturday. Yeah, and we concentrate now, don't we, Tony, on this Coastal Cup 
carnival that uh, takes place Friday, Saturday at uh, Rockhampton, moving up to Mackay, Mackay Cup, Townsville Cup, and all the Guineas races that go with it. And, of course, we go with the Cairns Cup. But the sad news coming out for country racing, Tony, and if I can just express our condolences uh, from the Bushbeak community to owners Pam and Bob Carolyn, and particularly trainer Toddy Austin, Unfortunately, the news came through on Thursday that um, the stable lost Sicilating, that exciting horse that had nine wins in a row, undefeated in the Central West. Unfortunately, coming back from McKinley, uh, it, I'm not sure of the full details, um, but got quite ill. They thought they had him ready to go for a spell and coming back, but um, he unfortunately died uh, on Thursday. Now, that's a huge loss for country racing. Uh, and also those provincial cup races where I'm sure he was quite capable of being competitive in. But it's just the sort of horse that draws people to your country tracks. And it was getting mouthwatering thinking about the clashes of Valenti and um, Sicilating. Uh, I know it's hard to get a good racehorse, but it seems to be the good ones that, um, that these things happen to. But what an excitement machine, undefeated in the Central West. And uh, condolences to the Carolyn family and trainer Toddy Austin and Alicia Ross, who forms such a great association with him. He'll be sadly missed on the racetracks. Yeah, very much so. We were touching on the uh, the Mackay Lightning earlier. Want to give credit to uh, one of the jockeys who does make the trip up and down the coast. He rode a double at the Rockhampton transferred program on Wednesday. That was the uh, Tats Gold Cup meeting uh, that was transferred from the Sunday. And just on that, the Tats Gold Cup going to the tax accountant. Uh, but I speak of Chris Whiteley. Wrote a double at the Rocky program Wednesday. Wrote a double at the Mackay program on Saturday. And I see on social media brought up career win number 1,800, which is a bit of a milestone in itself, and he reckons only 200 to go, and then he can retire. <laughs> We've got him in the evergreen class, have we, Tony? He's in exciting form, Chris Whiteley, and, and he travels so regularly and deserves all the results, and I'm sure he'll be eyeing off many of those uh, particular Provincial Cup meetings. Uh, Carl Spry also with a double at that Mackay program Saturday and it should also give credit where credit is due. Lacey Morrison and Stephen Wilson with doubles at the Townsville Tab meeting Tuesday of last week and Brad Bengelly with a treble at that uh, Rocky uh, Cup program or the Rocky uh, Tattis' Gold Cup program that was held on the Wednesday including winning the uh, the Gold Cup there on the tax accountant for Tom Button. So well done to all of those jockeys picking up those multiple wins through the week and there'll be more of them this week I'm sure as we said Townsville today, Rockhampton Friday, Saturday, Bo Desert on Saturday Today, and then Home Hill esque uh, Ilfracombe, Mount Isa, and Roma all racing this weekend. And we're looking forward to the Wallowie Cup meeting at Ilfracombe this Saturday with the extra race and possibly uh, with uh, what uh, Cole Truscott mentioned to me. There might be some uh, divisions uh, split with races there with the numbers uh, coming through. Certainly hope trainers have got on board and, uh, and uh, come acceptance time they'll back that up as well because we need to get back to racing in the Central West particularly. But we also enjoy Mother Nature bringing us some rain in our um, areas. But uh, we'll be back next week, Tony, if anyone's got any news. And I thank Rod Kidd for the details on Athel Ryan he sent through just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au back next week to report on Bushbeat good on you Rob have a great week good morning Tony good morning listeners thanks to Rob Luck Andrew Watts and Peter Rowe for joining us as always on Bushbeat have a great week of racing folks and we will catch you back next week here on Radio Tab